right, welcome to the 20 Minutes of Filler podcast, episode number 17. Built for speed. I am Jason Katarski. I am Andy Lennox. And our podcast are proud members of the Dice Tower Network. So proud. So proud, dude. Totally proud. Well, hey, we got a couple things we want to share with you today. First of all, we just feel responsible. Uh, We want to clear our conscience from a couple episodes ago where we were telling you about how to discover games, how to dive deeper into this this hobby, how to get more, more, more games in your collection. So so we've invited a financial planner. No. (laughs) (laughs) You need to pay down that credit card debt and then learn how to game on a budget. That's right. We're going to talk about gaming on a budget. We're going to give you some tips. And then we're going to talk about a genre of games, those quick fillers that are quick at their core speed games so first let's just get right into it let's talk about gaming on a budget andy how do you do it (laughs) i don't (laughs) you got a big boy job so you don't have to (laughs) but uh i find that if you if i do try to buy cheaper games i can justify buying way more of them i totally agree i totally agree with that sentiment <laughs> like i could go out and buy you know twilight imperium third edition and then that's pretty much all i'm going to feel good about buying for the whole month and then you're going to play it like once in 5 years right? exactly <laughs> or i could buy like 10 card games that are like ten to fifteen bucks. So and you play them once each, and it's this whole like value evaluation thing where you're looking at, hey man, if I went to the movies, this would cost me thirty dollars, and this <laughs> is a game that I'm going to spend four times as much time on. Exactly. Whew. So the first, I think our first tip is just buy cheaper games, and yeah. I think you're you're doing you're doing yourself a favor listening to this podcast because I don't think any of the games that we've recommended are terribly pricey i don't think so unless we maybe mention something that's really hard out of like you know hard to find out of print or like from germany and not available in the u.s but um yeah so so that's good one just you know like uh buy cheaper games buy fillers you can there's a podcast about that you can subscribe and find out all about it um you know in in general this is this can be a pretty economical hobby if you don't go crazy Right? Yeah, that's the hard part. But it yeah, just part. just don't go crazy. <laughs> don't go crazy. But you can you can have a a impressive collection like my friend Jason here, who's every nook and cranny of his <laughs> of his upstairs is just filled with games. You open up any like closet, they're just <laughs> spilling out. But um, why don't you tell us how you have filled out your collection without well, breaking the bank? Yeah. Um. You know, so generally, I I do most of my purchases when I go to a convention. Right, like the stuff that I'm really excited about, I try to save up then because then I know I've set aside a certain amount of money at that convention, and I might get some good deals at the convention. Right, there might mm. be new releases, or there might be one of those. Uh, there's occasional discount kind of booths where like we have all these games that nobody cares about as much or at all anymore, so we're giving them out at super cheap prices. So timing, yeah. So timing is good. So you don't have to buy it the first day it comes out because it might be yeah. you know premium. I'm experiencing a little bit of that right now with Marvel Dice Masters. <laughs> I want it so bad. And like the retail price for starters is $15 and they want 60 online. That's ridiculous. And, and I am holding out. I am I'm surprised at at my uh your resolve? Yes, I'm yeah. I'm not going to buy it for any more than 15 bucks, I swear. That's smart. I, I got a couple on hold as soon as they come in at one of the local game stores for yeah. me. So I'm not, But then I'm not after sharing. I buy it at $15, it'll be really easy to justify 
spending $45 on boosters. Yeah, you might as well go <laughs> 60 and get a whole box, right? Um, anyway, another way that I really get a lot of bang for my buck is I am a thrift shopper. Mm. And I know that might sound like, I don't know, if you're not into thrifting, maybe this 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 isn't for you. But um, I like going to thrift stores. I used to go and look for used books. I used to go and look for records or CDs. Um, my wife likes to thrift. So, like, it's something that we can do together. And I always just go straight to the toy and game aisle and see what's there. And a lot of the time, you're going to see a lot of the mass market kind of garbage, uh, you know, stuff that's missing pieces. But if you take time and you open the game and you look at the rule book... And you say, okay, all the all the components are here, and this looks like an interesting game. You might find something unique for a dollar or two, and you might find some classic gems that people didn't know what they had. Tell tell them like all the different places you go in our area because I was sort of surprised at some of the places that you actually found games. You say thrift stores, but like be be specific. Uh, yeah, I go to Salvation Army. Mm-hmm. I go to Goodwill. Um, I go to, there's a new place called Volunteers of America that just opened, uh, there's some consignment shops in the area where people can take their old clothes and sell them. Um, there's, I think that's the majority of the the places that I go to. And in my job, like I drive around a lot and I have like spaced out appointments with people. So if I cruise by a, uh, thrift store, you know, I might, I, I, I hit, I do the rounds like once every couple weeks, you know, and I found some real gems. Um, another thing that happens is like when a mass market store takes a dip into hobby gaming and they don't sell through their copies, yeah. you I was just gonna find brand that. new copies in shrink at thrift stores. I got a yeah. copy of Zularetto still in shrink, which is out of print until now Z-Man just re-announced that they're printing it in shrink for $4. Um, I've got wits and wagers, uh, the regular edition. Plus, I just got Wits and Wager, which is Wits and Wager's party the other day. Still in shrink wrap for three dollars. Wow! And then when I posted about finding it, uh, the company North Star Games said, "Hey, if you're missing any pieces, let us know, and we'll send them to you." <laughs> like they want people to play their games. Yeah. So if I'm missing my sharpies or my my dry erase, they were going to hook me up. So thrifting has been really good for me, which leads me to another cool thing, right? So I buy a game. I find a game and it looks interesting, right? It's about football. It's called NFL Strategy. I pull out my phone. I have an app on it, Board Game Geek. I search for the title of the game. The game comes up. And it tells me how many people have that game on their wish list, how many people have that game for trade. So right there I have a sense, does anybody want this who's not me? Because I don't want a football game. That's a great tip. I find out that this NFL strategy game is from 1980, and it came out one year in a briefcase. It's the briefcase edition. In condition, I buy it for a dollar. That game is easily worth $75 to somebody out there. So then I put it on my trade list. On Board Game Geek, which you can do. And then I put, I have a wish list of games I want in trades. There's a little algorithm. You push the button, match my trades, and it shows me every option of people who want my games and I want their games. And then I can contact them, look at their trade ratings. We can offer games. We pay for our own shipping. And I take a $2 game, spend $10 in shipping, and we get a $50 game that we want for $11. So I've got some really great stuff that way. Um, I've got, I've got, uh, Ave Caesar, which is one of my favorite racing games. I've gotten um, uh, Traders of Carthage, an out-of-print like, pick-up-and-deliver game that's fantastic. I got through a trade. I traded an old copy of Survive for, uh, I think it was Settlers of Canaan back in the day or something like that. But, um, you know, it, it's, it was a, a great way to get a whole lot of games and interesting games. And I found a lot of kids' games, too, which is great because I have a five-year-old. But thrifting is a good way to find games on a budget. Yeah, uh, totally agreed. There's um, one thing that I always try to do before I buy a game because I've been I've been burned a few times on some copies where or copies of games where like I 
I bought the game. I was excited about it. I liked the first play of the game, but I didn't play it very many times after that. Um, I'm not going to name names. (laughs) (laughs) But I've spent a lot of money on a game that I just either just didn't have time to get to the table or just it didn't really... I wasn't in love with it. So I think one of my tips is to make sure that you really like a game before you buy it. And there's a number of different ways to try it, to try out games. You, You mentioned going to conventions. Like, when you go to a convention, go down your wish list of the games that you want, that you find interesting, that you want. Even if they're not the new hotness, go down that list and see if you can catch a game of them. Oftentimes at conventions, they'll have, like, a game room full of just games that are already out or have been out for a while. And that's a great place to try out. Try before you buy. Yeah, and, and here's the trade-off, you know, too, right? You, you mentioned this when we were chatting about this idea. is like you can find good deals on games, um, but the trade-off is is time, right? Yes. Like you're, you're going to spend a lot more time searching out good deals yes. than you would if you just say, I'm just going to pay full price for this. So if you just have the money to, you know, buy a game every quarter or every month or every paycheck, then, hey, you know, that's cool if you want to save time and spend all your time playing games. But, you know, I don't have a weekly game group, so I, I like to – just be involved in the hobby on a regular basis. So looking for games and looking for new ideas is a way that I, I do that, you know, uh, another idea is, uh, have a rich friend, right. <laughs> that buys everything and hang out with them or even better coordinate your game purchases with your friends. Oh, that's nice. That's more polite. That's I more guess. polite. <laughs> uh, what do you mean by that though? Just, I mean, I'm, I'm in a game group and we kind of know what kind of games we like to play together. And me and another guy buy most of the games, so we try not to we try not to step on each other's toes and buy games that we know the other person either will like more or they already planned on buying. So we keep in regular contact and just mention, oh, I was going to plan, I was planning on buying this game, I was planning on buying this game. Um, so I I was really interested in that game Kemet. I don't know if you've heard of that. It's like Egyptian war game, slightly with a Euro flavor. Oh, dude, that's like I wanted. That's my dream game. <laughs> It's awesome, but it doesn't belong in the show. But I I wanted it really bad, and he, I found out that you know almost too late that he was buying it. So don't don't make a blunder. And I mean, because this hobby require you can't play games. Well, you can't play games by yourself, but generally you're not playing games by yourself. You can spread the uh, financial burden amongst all your group of friends. Awesome. Yeah, that's a really good idea. Um, well, another great point. Um, kind of the last one for this for this segment of the show um, is that there is a world of print and play games that are available for free. Like, and when I'm talking print and play, that means you go somewhere to a website online, you print out some PDF files, you get out your scissors, and you put these pieces of paper or cardstock in sleeves, and you have a game. Mm-hmm. You know, and you can play it. And there are some gems out there in the print and play world. There's there's um, geek lists. If you look for geek lists on boardgamegeek.com and search for print and play or PNP, you'll just find these huge lists of these games that you can make at home that designers have kind of freely given up for either play testing or just because that's as far as they want to take it. Um, and some of these games end up being published games later that kind of make it in the, the print and play world. A, game, a friend of mine, uh, uh, Clint, uh, designed a game called, it was Robo Rally Express with dice, but it it was reskinned and Eagle Griffin put it out as pirate dice, which is a really fun game. So, um, and I believe you can still get the print and play online. Oh, nice. So yeah, print yeah. play. The other cool. thing, the other thing that's great. And we've talked about it on the show before, but when a new Kickstarter game comes out, like oftentimes they'll put print and play files of the game. So you can try it before you back it. But also just, I mean, that's a 
free game. You get to play a free game and, and publishers are into it because you introduce your game to other people and you're talking about it on online or whatever. So there's no lack of if you but again, it's that trade off. Yeah, time you, and money, right? It takes you're putting in the time so that you don't have to spend the money. But um yeah, print and play is a great option. Yeah, so don't break the bank, but but there's options, right? You can find some great games out there uh for little money. Um you just got to be creative and you got to, you know, continue to dig in to figure out, you know, kind of learn what games are interesting or games have value or uh what kind of route you want to go whether that's thrifting or print and play or just kind of hanging out with a group of gamers a lot more i think the thrifting thing you benefit a lot by having a lot of foreknowledge of the things you're looking for and sort of what's rare and what's interesting and having your smartphone with you so you can like look up the games that you find that find that look interesting i know i don't need any more copies of uh Escape from Hogwarts or whatever the Harry Potter mass market war game is, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so you got you learn to have an eye for that if you kind of dig in and kind of know what, what games are out there before you go and don't just buy anything. All, All right, right, so... Let's talk uh, about some speed games. Some speed games. We're going to talk about speed games. So we, we did this a little different today. Uh, Andy and I have been hanging out, and we just I pulled out some of my games that I like that are, that are speed games. So we're just going to talk about a few different games and kind of most of these Andy experienced, I think, for the first time. Yeah, I, don't, I have not played any of these until today. Cool. So um, there's a couple. Uh, the first one we played was Flash. It's from Blue, Blue Orange Games. It's a dice game. Uh, and... Essentially, the easiest way to, to sum this game up is if Phase 10, the card game, which is a mass market card game, um, was a dice game that you all played at the same time uh, to try to just score points and collect sets as quickly as possible with the dice. I loved speed dice rolling games. I have not played one that I didn't like, and this one was no exception. You're rolling sets based on whoever picks the set for that round. and Like then, three pairs, and you have six dice. And so. as you finish them, you place. You, if you're the first, you get more points. If you're the last, you get least points. Uh, it's dead simple and super fun, and everybody's rolling dice like crazy people. Yeah, and speaking of games on a budget, it's like a $10, $12 game. It comes in a little net bag with some really nice backlight tiles, a score yeah. sheet, and a bunch of dice. So it's it's a simple one. It's quick. It's the kind of game I take to, to the campground. You know, the game that it doesn't matter if it gets dirty or moist from the humidity in Michigan or whatever. Um, speaking of camping, another speed dice game we played was Bears. Bears. For, from Fireside Games, the guys who put out uh, Castle Panic. And this one is is another neat game um, I really enjoy. It comes in a cool box that, that doubles as like a cup. And you have camp dice in the middle, and then you have your own dice. Uh, so each there's five dice of your own, and each player has five of the camp dice in the middle. And those camp dice have tents and bears on them. And you roll them and see what comes up. And then you roll your dice, which have a combination of sleeping bags, uh, shotguns, and people running away. And you roll your dice and you pair them up with the dice that are in the middle. So I can take my shotgun and shoot a bear for one point. And I match them up one at a time like that. Uh, I grab a person running and I pair them up with a tent because they're running away from a tent. They don't want to be on that campsite when there's a bear that's worth two points. Or I can grab a sleeping bag with a tent. And that represents somebody is sleeping through the whole ordeal. Now, the round ends when there's no camp dice left in the middle. So if all the dice get paired up and there's only um, bears left, you do not want to be sleeping in your tent. You lose points if mm-hmm. you're sleeping in your tent. But if you're sleeping and there's only tents left in the middle, then 
you're you're fine. You slept through the whole ordeal unscathed. And that's the most fun part of the game. Um, you're rolling dice like crazy, but you're also trying to watch what other people are grabbing. Like it's really simple. You're just making these pairs, but that makes it like more interesting because you're playing against everybody else a little bit more than just trying to get you know trying to get sets or whatever. Um, it's it doesn't help you to. It helps you more if you watch people what people are doing, but then then you're slowing down and you're not grabbing points. So there's a cool trade off of like where am I going to put my attention? Um, it's I'm making it sound deeper than it is. It's a really super <laughs> simple game, but it has that that little twist that just makes it fun. Yeah, the, you know the thing about these games is uh, that, that all of them have in common is that um, it's just these little things that you're doing, these simple things. That it, but it's all about your your hand eye coordination a lot of the time, and it, there's good tension in that because it's a race, right? Your heart gets beating. You have these oh yeah moments, you know. It's like not this super cerebral yeah. experience. It's uh, an adrenaline rush. Yeah, if you took a, any speed game and make it so that people would take turns, it would be unbearably unbearably dull. Like, you know? <laughs> a lot of these games, yeah, they're almost they're almost not games almost. until you're playing them fast and yes. they're a blast. And then it's like a sport. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so moving away from uh, the the dice games, we, we played a couple card games too. So one of them was uh, by our friend Jeremiah Lee and published by Jeremiah Lee and uh, another friend Don Stroud. And this is called Zombie House Blitz. And this game, and I don't know if you ever played, uh, I know you haven't, Andy, but there's a game called Nerds. There's a game uh, Dutch Blitz, which is my introduction to this game. And the idea idea is that you have um, each person is essentially playing solitaire with their own deck of cards and they have these three different piles that they're playing people into and uh, they're trying to get rid of the, the cards in this in this specific pile of like 10 face down cards if their pile runs out they win there's a shared space in the middle where um, you can play cards two for points so in front of you you're playing solitaire and you're trying to move your cards in a way um, like from like five down to one in these three different piles and then in the middle you're playing one up to six right and you're trying to do this all kind of sorting these decks and using you know your your hand-eye coordination to just move things into these different piles to get rid of this pile that gives you points and um jeremiah added the twist of zombies in the deck that you flip over a card and it's a zombie and it eats the person underneath it so it messes up one of your plans or um there's a shotgun that you can equip a person with that kills a zombie when it comes up or that shotgun can be discarded to um to kind of reshuffle your your deck and give you some different choices um now the 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 thing about this game is is that um well, I don't know what the thing about this game is, except for <laughs> it's it's just a light, funny game um, where it, Jeremiah took this classic game and, and added. There's kind of a cool mix. standoff kind of thing where you have a card and you know that if you play that card, the other person's going to be able to um, play cards on top of your card. So you kind of like wait a little bit and keep digging to see if you can find the card that you have to block them. That's kind of interesting about it too. Yeah, it's it's a neat kind of self-published game um, with some with some fun artwork. Uh, can be a can be a good time. Uh, so the last two games I want to talk about um, are two more card games. One of them is by Andrew Inns, and it was originally self-published, but it's been picked up by a bigger company now, and it is kind of a hit in the party game world. And it's called Anomia. And Anomia is uh, kind of this condition that where um, there's something that you're trying to recall. It's on the tip of your tongue, and you can't quite figure out the word for it. Right? See, I'm I having think, a hard. 
hard time explaining it. <laughs> See, because it's because I have so, anomia. I have anomia. So meta. It's so meta. Um, <laughs> so what happens is you have these cards that have categories on them and a weird symbol, like four red dots or uh, orange circle, and everybody has a card in front of them, and you're flipping these over one at a time. And any time your symbol matches somebody across the table from you or anywhere else in the game, you both have to race. To name something that's in the category of the person whose card matches yours. So Andy's might say author, and my and and our symbol matches. I'm gonna have to try to say William Shakespeare before he has a chance to say an ice cream flavor, which is chocolate, you know, or whatever. And, and what's funny is it happens so quick that your brain doesn't keep up with what you need to do, and it's hilarious. And it causes you to have the, that condition where you can't remember the. What is it? You can't re- you do the thing with the thing. Um, hold on, Anomia. I'll find out. Anomia. <laughs> Noun. And I don't know if this is made up or if this is real, but it's a problem with word finding or recall. Chaos. Or the game or common knowledge becomes uncommonly fun. That's their little thing. So it's it's a problem with word finding recall. You can't find the word. I recommend this game for any large gathering. It's a great party game. It's 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 a blast with everybody I've played with it. There's a couple different versions. There's a small box version that just has a couple decks of cards, and then there's a bigger one that has more decks of cards, so you don't get sick of it as quick. Um, and it's available at a lot of mass market, like uh, Barnes and Noble type stuff. And the last one is probably my favorite of the bunch, uh, and this is a German this was, game. This is my favorite of the bunch as well. In Germany, it's called Geisblitz. Geisblitz! But it's been imported by a company <laughs> called uh, Lion Rampant Imports. And um, so it's called Ghostblitz now. And this is a kid's game, but it has these beautiful wooden bits in it. There's a, a red chair and a blue book. A white ghost, and, a green bottle, and, and a, a gray mouse. Yeah, and they're they're big, chunky bits. Like, yeah, they're, and, they're toys. Yeah, and, and then there's a deck of, uh, deck of cards, right? And the cards have these different things depicted on them. And it's either exactly depicted like there's a maybe a green ghost with a blue book yes. in its hand right there is no such and then none of the toys are a green ghost but there is a blue book so when you flip over a card you either have to grab the one that matches exactly on the card as fast as you can so in this case the blue book or the other option is that um they're all mixed up and you have to find the one that is not represented at all so like there might be one that has um a green chair and a gray bottle. So that meant that you would have to grab the white ghost because there's nothing white and there's no ghost. Exactly. And it's just this kind of, you're deducing this as fast as you can, visual perception. Um, this logical, there's like a, a little bit of a logic to it. There's a lot of speed and perception. And then there's like people smacking each other's hands as they reach for the... <laughs> right, and if you grab the wrong one, you got to give the winner the, the card, one of your cards, and, and it... It's brilliant. I play with my, my daughter and just I flip the cards over really slowly and let her kind of work out the logic puzzle. But with grown-ups, we're we're out for blood. <laughs> and that's and it's such it's such a blast. Uh, I bought it for her for Christmas, but I take it with me like everywhere everywhere I go. It's such a well received game. Well All right. our speed game episode speed was game. not so speedy. <laughs> we are definitely twenty three minutes of pod- <laughs> of filler today. Twenty four after there's music. <laughs> oh yeah. But Hey, thank you so much for tuning in. We appreciate you guys. Uh, for more great podcasts, go to DiceTowerNetwork.com. Uh, you can subscribe to the 20 Minutes of Filler podcast in iTunes. You can interact with Andy and I on Twitter. I am at Jason Katarski. I'm at Andy underscore Lennox. And we hope that you're out there playing some great little games. Fast games. See ya. Until next time.